Welcome back to the uh, next version of the Brookville Group's Tech Talk Thursday. Today, as promised last week, we have Rakim Sakamovats here, and we're going to be talking about um, the CIO role, the CTO role, and the COO role, and how IT plays into each of those, and who owns what technology once it's inside the building or client-facing. So, as always, we have Daniel here with us, who is Hello. our CTO, and today we have Rod Harding, who is our in charge of our operations at the Brookfield Group. Hi. Do we have the applause? You heard it. Trust me, it's yes, applause. Yes. Are you sure it wasn't doing? <laughs> so basically, the um, CTO is very technology driven. He's looking at emerging technologies, the latest, greatest of everything, trying to make things more efficient. They are? Is this true? Just nod oh. your head, yes. Okay. Yes, all right. And then the CIO um, sometimes looks at uh, how that information is coming in, the data, how it all works with all the other uh, infrastructure part. And then the COO, oh, oh, uh, he's looking at how it works with the people and the technology in the business. So let's talk about that for a second. So Rod, you were just saying before this that um, it's about building a car or something along those lines. Yeah, so you know, you're going to put together a prototype, and you got a car, and it's sitting there. Um, the technology, figuring out how all that's going to work, and what goes into it, and okay, now we've got a prototype. Then, essentially, that goes into an operations mode of where we're going to procure parts from, how we're going to warehouse and store it, how we're going to get those into the production line, how we're going to produce it, um, how we're going to market, how we're going to sell it, how we're going to deliver it, how we're going to service it, you know, all of those pieces, oh um, and then at some point they're going to want to buy another car and how do you position yourself to be the uh, who they want to be who how do you position yourself to be the people they want to come to to buy the next car so as i was telling him earlier a tesla may be like the most perfect car out there but <laughs> <laughs> it comes down to i don't have a charging thing at my house and i don't have a this and i don't have a that and how does all of that work so sometimes the latest greatest technology might be great, but how it fits into an organization may not work as efficiently. So um, the other thing we wanted to talk about was um, the, the people and the considerations and the technology. So as far as like, we can just talk about our company, the Brookfield Group, um, how do you go about finding the technology for the latest, greatest for us? And then is that different for the technology that you find for our clients? Uh, so a lot of times just try and treat ourselves as our own client and usually the first client on anything that we do. So we'll test with ourselves, make sure it doesn't um, completely break something or throw people yeah. really off from their day-to-day -day chores. I mean, Either a good example. Cooking, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a good example is when we rolled out um, multi-factor authentication across everything a few years ago. And I think I still get daggers in the hallways from people whenever they have to do it. Um, and so, um, sorry, I had a late breaking customer assistance needed. So mm -hmm. sometimes I have to do that even when we're doing a live stream. Yep. Um, so we, um, we usually will, if we find a product or we, we see a need for a product in or a, a service or solution internally, we will then digest that ourselves before we start to roll it out. So one, we know what we're either 
selling or helping our customers learn how to use. We know how to use it. We're using it day to day. We know what it means. We know what it breaks. We know what it fixes. And we kind of do that for every product. And then we go through a cycle of just reevaluating the tools that we use on a regular basis. So um, no t you know, service or tool that we use internally is safe from being Game of Thrones, like <laughs> cut from the season, mid midstream, shocking episode. Might have and block knocked off. Yeah, and that's because not everything stays the right solution forever. Right. Things change, and or operations change, or the way things are done change. Um, and we, um, you have to constantly evaluate what the right solution is for the given problem or you know business sure. case, right? And so that is. Um, that's more of like the why we're always looking, and then the how is just kind of staying in tune with our market, our vendors, our channel partners. Um, you know, I see a lot of things. I mean, I'll, I'm, I subscribe to a lot of different subreddits on Reddit that just have tons of user feedback. I'm part of a couple of different um, peer groups for MSPs and technology, and so there's just constantly other people that are also looking for things, and then I'll see thing that strikes that might strike for us internally or for a specific customer, and then I'll reach out to them, and I will, um, I will, I will um, reach out to that vendor, then start the product evaluation. Or if it's for a specific customer, I'll think about, okay, how could this affect them? Then I'll st we'll still a lot of times still try it in the test case and make sure it works fine before we even introduce it to the client. So, at what point do you introduce that technology to operations? So, or even to the CIO. Yeah. So it, it kind of, in for us, we're we're some we're maybe a little unique in some ways. But um, once I get it out of like a test environment or a lab or something like that, and we know it's going to work or it's something we want to proceed with, that's when I'll you know start letting other people know about it. Because what I don't like to do is like say, hey, I'm trying this thing, and then somebody's like here's what I'm trying it, and then they start spinning their wheels on something, and then it gets to a, a hard stop that's like a very basic thing that has nothing to do with their roles or responsibilities. Mm -hmm. that me, personally, I'm just like, we're not going to use it because of X, Y, Z reason. If I find that out in the first you know, couple hours or days of testing, then I've just wasted other people's time and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, so by the time it hits my desk, a lot of times what it is is we're figuring out the tactical piece at that point. So to Daniel's point, if we internally are testing and get it to that point that this really isn't going to work, there's no need to involve me. So once it hits my desk, then it's figuring out, you know, what's our process for um, acquiring it, to use the SIM car analogy we just talked about, mm -hmm. you know, how are we going to procure whatever that is, if it's a piece of hardware, software, whatever, um, how are we going to market and sell that to a client um, and, and explain to them why we think it would be beneficial. How are we going to train them on how to use it? How are we going to follow up and service it from a support and maintenance standpoint? Um, so yeah, it's, there's usually it's once we've determined that it's an internal, um, it's viable, then mm -hmm. we pick up and move into operation mode. So do you think that is the same situation most companies have, or the same structure that most companies have between their C-level? Or do you think there's a lot of rock'em sock'em going on of people trying to own things? Uh, I mean, I think the perpetual joke is um, 
IT's role is to ruin people's lives and keep them from getting things done at certain times, whether it's not allowing certain applications to be installed or putting different security measures in place that add some roadblocks to getting things put into place. But all of those things work together from an operation standpoint to protect the business at the end of the day. So um, sometimes it seems like it's a burden to you to getting your job done, but there's also the other side of it that if something were to be downloaded that is malicious unknowingly, what's the operational effect of that if your company's down for one day, two days, three days, a month, or you know, causes someone to lose some sort of progress that was uh, you know, a monumental sale or something along right. those lines. Or yeah. customers or company secrets get out right. that aren't supposed to be out there. So I think when it's successful, there's a lot of conversation at the C level. Um, that's where you're identifying the opportunity well, identifying what is an opportunity and how do we as a company, you know, is it something we should even spend our time investigating? Is it worth it or is it not? Um, and at the same time, the most successful C organizations, there is a lot of rock'em sock'em robots. Because you, <laughs> yeah. well, when, when you're at that level, you are really taking ownership of your division with the best interest of what you feel the company um, needs. So there, there's a bit of both, but unless you're communicating, collaborating, it's not going to work. Hmm. So everybody stays into the stays in their lane until what you say you put on your blinkers because you got to come over a little bit. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sometimes we've got to cross lanes and you put on your put on your blinkers. Otherwise, we're just colliding and causing accidents. Whereas if we know, hey, I'm crossing in or you're crossing over, whatever, we make space and figure out how do we keep the traffic moving and ultimately get to wherever it is we're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. So, what percentage would you say of the so percentage questions for you? Math question. Uh -oh. Math time. Let me get my calculator out. Oh, I got a TI-84 in my office. I'm going to grab. <laughs> <laughs> got a BA-35 sitting around somewhere from 1984, but all right. Is it solar powered? It is. Nice. Oh, I used to have Quality. one on my watch. I had a calculator on my watch. It was a Casio. You had a calculator watch? Yeah, it was a Casio. You had a calculator. Super cool. Do you still have it? Uh, I still have my Swatch watches, but the Casio was before that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> Casio wash? Yeah. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. You could never silence the beeping of the yeah. keys, and the teacher always knew when you were cheating. Gosh, yeah, those keys were so tiny. tiny. Yeah, you need like a toothpick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, you changed my whole train of thought there. Um, <laughs> Back to the numbers. Back to the numbers. So, of all the things, because I get a lot of those newsletters too, and it's just like overflow of information, you kind of have to like sort out and almost have to be in the right frame of mind to even for something to catch my eye at least. So of all the stuff that you see that you kind of start going down that path, what percentage makes it to the next level of hmm, this might be viable, let me look at it a little bit deeper? Yeah, the amount of trials for software that I have is like, is ridiculous, which then gets me on a whole bunch of spam newsletter <laughs> yeah. lists and stuff like that. So I'm constantly unsubscribing from my email, uh, so unsubscribing from people's emails. I wish I could unsubscribe from my email. Um, <laughs> it's probably pretty low because there's a lot of crazy things out there that don't tie into the ecosystem that we're on, which is Office 365 and Microsoft and things like that. And there's a lot of things that work only within you know, Google Workspace or Google Workplace now, whatever. I, I still want to say G Suite. Um, and um, so like you, it only works in there because there's different ways on how that integrates from their API and how open it is. And so there's stuff that I'll try that only works in there or, or so I'll, I'll play with it just to see what it is and then keep an eye on it if they add Office 365 or other services to it. So there's a lot of things that I try that just, you know, are left on the editing, editing room floor. Mm -hmm. And 
So it's probably a pretty low percentage of things that actually move to um, move forward. But once they move forward, it's pretty likely that it's gonna it's not gonna stop somewhere else along the line. We'll have to tweak things or work together or figure things out. But once it makes it out of kind of that prototyping phase, it's pretty much guaranteed we're gonna implement it right. some way. Um, and like I said, we treat ourselves like a customer. So whatever we're trying, that's something that we're intending then to guinea pig for a little bit and then get the kinks worked out so that way we can then deploy it and yeah. help and protect, either protect or increase productivity for our clients. <laughs> Does any of that come your way, Rod, that you're like, oh, this is going to be not good, pain in the butt, can't implement it, I see all these red flags? Um, sure. I mean, occasionally, it, it, but it's more of, like Daniel said earlier, it's the reaction that we're going to get back. It's not. There's a lot of technology out there that works, but once we have vetted something to the point that we think there's benefit to the organization, the roadblock is how do we sell it internally? How do we convince people that MFA is a good thing, multi-factor authentication. How do we convince them that we're doing this because the world of security has changed so much that to keep our data and our client data secure, this is something we need to implement? Is it a pain? Sure, sometimes. But like anything else, once you've done it for a while, mm. it just kind of becomes mm -hmm. second nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once you define a, like, a process of finding, evaluating, and implementing, it becomes pretty easy to adopt those things, especially when if the tools that we're looking at either fall into the background or add a level of productivity or make people's lives easier, there's a lot less roadblocks. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, from us to our customer perspective, the big thing is, and I think I just hit my mic, so I apologize everyone, <laughs> um, is um, if the end user, if we can define something that meets all the criteria operationally from the C-suite and the end user isn't encumbered or annoyed or bothered by it, then we've hit a home run on the product that we've put into place. And that's kind of the ultimate goal of success. It meets the needs and demands of what the, the business case or the business owners or the C-suite or leadership or however you want to define that. It meets those goals, whether it's protecting, increasing productivity, um, increasing collaboration, whatever the goal is, and then if it translates to the actual end user, the person that's using it every single day, and it either, like I said, doesn't encumber them, doesn't slow them down, doesn't get in their way, and just kind of falls to the background, it's just more of framework or pipeline in the background that they're, you know, just part of their every day at that point, it's not slowing them down at all. That's an ultimately, that's yeah. ultimately the best success. Right. So how do you think the CIO plays into this whole sandbox right here? Yeah, so, and um, we are, we, so Matt McBeth and our team is our CIO, and he's always, he's, he's, a, he's a unique one, the fact that he's always looking for something um, future thinking from that standpoint. So it's a little different, um, but, you know, making sure that, you know, those two, those two fields work together. And, and a lot of times it's the same person in, in some organizations, like mm -hmm. the CTO and CIO are kind of They blur one. enough that Yeah, it... they're one and the same. Um, but yeah, just making sure they're working together and understand what the future looks like, as well as like, how does that tie into what they've evaluated and how they want to proceed forward. Okay, well, we need to find a pain point between you two so we can go at it here. 
do we have that sound effect? Which one? Well, yeah, I guess you can't hear it. It is uh, the uh, boxing oh, ring Oh, the bell. boxing so ring. So we're going to have one round of this, and we're going to come back, and we're going to okay. wrap up. Okay, are you ready? Yep. D I does everyone understand the rules? I think I just punch him in the face, right? Pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I did see Rod earlier, so you got some competitions there. I, this I, is more our generation, I think, than yours. I don't so. think I've ever played. So, like, this this guy's supposed to be on a screen somewhere, and I have a controller no. in my this hand. This is the original <laughs> this Game This is Boy. the real deal. This is the real Yeah, this, this is, is Game Boy before this is Game Boy. This is too analog okay, for And me. we can't say, let's get ready, you know, that whole yeah. uh, thing, because it is copyrighted. Is it we'll copyrighted? Get so, yeah, but that would be let's good get... publicity. Okay, ready? Go. Yep. Oh, oh, oh I slow think mo replay. Yeah, do you have slow mo <laughs> replay on that, Chris? Dun, dun, dun. No, no slow mo no replay. All right. All right. Why, okay, to... go again. We're gonna have to do best of three. Go. Oh. 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 All right. One more. Got to keep my keep my guard oh. up. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Who... Let's call that two two. Okay. Next knockout wins. Yep. Hey! All right, so that was, oh, you got the bell again. So just, you know. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 ding. So one of the reasons we're going into kind of in-depth in this is because if your company, and this isn't like a commercial for Brookfield Group, but you can find, I mean, other MSPs that do this. Hopefully it is us. But you can find, uh, if you don't have these roles in your company of a COO, CIO, CTO, um, we do a lot of the research for our clients. So we've already done the legwork. We've already tried it out on ourselves. Some, some things work, some things don't. We can tell you the good and the bad of all of that. So that's one of the advantages you have with doing business with us is we have the VCIO, VCE, CTO, VCOO. Wow, that's a lot of O's and C's and B's. A lot of B's and O's and stuff. a lot of alphabet in there. A lot of alphabet in there. One thing you hit on that I wanted to kind of give a little preview to when you were talking about things that we're trying, it reminded me of the whole Azure thing uh, that we have coming up. Uh, we're talking about technology. Oh, Azure IoT? No, we were talking about uh, the G, G, G Suite, Workplace, Office 365, yes, Azure yes, AD, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Azure Platform Services. Oh, I should have written it down. It's gone. Sorry. Um, virtual desktop instances. I don't know. But hmm. we are going to have a live event coming up. Uh, An in-person. Yeah, in-person. In yeah, in-person yeah. live, like the real like deal. This is live, but this is like live in-person. That's true. In-person. Even better. Facing well, better. us. We're not just... Uh, we're real people. Yes. We're not AI-generated things. And here. at that we're moment, real we'll have real boxing gloves and a real boxing... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> On the screen. <laughs> Lots right. of waivers will need to be yeah, signed. That yeah. would really come up there. Are you talking anyway. about Azure Backup? Yes, like we're talking about backup and Backing up your Azure instances. Yes. So um, we have an event coming up in Q1 of next year, so you'll have more on that uh, coming your way. But I had a great tie-in. Don't know what it is. It uh, Poof. Poof. Gone. Happens. Yep. Should Happens to us professionals, even. Anybody else have anything else to add before we go at it one more time? CIO. Mm -hmm. Any questions out there, Chris? Oh, questions. No questions right now. Oh, no, no questions. questions. Ooh, want Oh, is Luke on? Is Luke watching this week? <laughs> the infamous Luke. He's always watching. Uh, if he is, he hasn't asked a question yet. Oh, Luke, we miss you. <laughs> Come back, Luke. All right. All right. 
So next I think Brad wants to redeem himself. Okay. Oh, see, he's got an itchy trigger. All finger. right, we're going to go to that in one second. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, holiday toys. Uh, the government's trying to pass this thing. It's like the, the keep the Grinch from stealing Christmas. We'll talk about that a little bit. But we're going to talk about our top five favorite picks for holiday this year and how it affects. Uh, oh, we're doing them. a shopping guide. We are. Yeah. Like an IoT and security around the toys you're going to be buying for either your little ones or for yourself. Okay, ready? Join us next week. What if you go? Are the little one and yeah. yourself. <laughs> oh. oh wow. Oh. Wow, that was a fast one. Yeah. I Right. Were you ready? Or I wasn't oh, ready. I, okay. I was wasn't counting ready. down right. still. Still one okay. up. You cheated. Now you're ready? I'm ready now. Three, i got to put my guard up. See? Uh, oh. Oh. Bum, bum. oh, no. This one's for all the marbles, and we'll send it off. Jeez, this thing's nice. defective. My $20 toy. <laughs> two, two. One more time. Hey! Oh, look at that. CTO wins again. Winner, winner. This thing's rigged, I bet. Winner. You guys didn't have to do that for me. I was going to. <laughs>